Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. I am, um, I'm, I've been stirred all week about this message. I, I hope that you came ready to hear God's word today. Um, I hope that you came with an open heart today. I hope that whatever's gone on in your life for the last couple days, that for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit's been doing something to till the soil of your heart today. Um, because I really believe that God wants to speak. And so I'm going to pray real quick and ask God to be with us one more time. Father, uh, would you give us an open heart to hear right now? Uh, would you open our souls to your truths? Would you take away untruths from our thinking and our thought patterns and speak life into us today? We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we've been doing a series for those of you who are here. I know I met some people that are here visiting from California. We're glad you guys came all the way um, from California to be with us and some other people that are here first time. We have been in a series called Travel Light. And the idea was, you know, in this life, we have this tendency to collect a bunch of stuff. Anybody got a garage that gives testimony to that, right? Like you got, like I told you guys, we've got like bikes and stuff. I mean, anyway, I don't know what it is about us guys. We have it in the garage, but we got to go get a new one from Ace, right? Like, I think I have like eight hammers in the garage. You know what I'm saying? Like in that weird, anyway, but we have this tendency to collect things, but we also collect in life regret right? Hurts, all kinds of different things that we, and it becomes a part of our life and it weighs us down. I mean, it's almost like if you can imagine putting on a backpack that weighs a hundred pounds and another backpack that weighs a hundred pounds and then putting a backpack on the front backwards that weighs a hundred pounds. I mean, if I did that and tried to like walk around the stage, I would look really silly. And yet how many of us that that's actually what's going on in our lives? Because we're carrying so many things around. We're dealing with so many things. So we talked about Traveling light, like let's, let's try to let go. Let's, let's, with God's help through the Holy Spirit, how can we let go of some things? You know, and so we talked about stuff. We talked about physical things. We talked about distractions, letting go of distractions. We talked about bitterness. And then Christmas Eve, we talked about control. Uh, tonight I want to talk about tonight, tonight. Today I want to talk about, um, letting go of your past. And that's a heavy one, right? That's a heavy one, if, if you really think about it. So when Jen and I were dating, um, I had maybe been to her, her parents' house like, I don't know, maybe four or five times. Do you guys remember that? Do you remember when you first started going over to the family's house kind of a thing? And it was like, walk on eggshells. You're all like, what do they think of me? And you're all nervous and all this sort of stuff. So I remember this one particular day, Jen's mom was a big, big tennis player. And so she played in the tennis leagues and she played in multiple leagues and she was the accountant for the league. And the, I mean, she just was tennis. If Wimbledon was on, it was on the TV. It was, I mean, tennis, tennis, tennis. Well, they had turned one of Jen's sister's bedrooms, because she's adult and moved out now, into a workout room. So she had this whole workout machines in there and all this kind of stuff. So I'm home visiting, or only been there a few days, and here comes Peggy out the door. And she's just worked out. Like she's all, you know, she's sweating. She's just finished working out. She's got her workout gloves on. She's all decked out. And what's going through my head, anybody have something different come out of your mouth than what's in your head ever? 
What's going through my head is, oh my gosh, I hope when I'm her age, I'm this active. She looks fantastic, and I can't believe she's working out and being so diligent with that. I mean, this is what's going through my head. And you know what came out of my mouth? You ready? You ready? Oh my God, you're huge. Right? Like, and, and, and let me ask you this, Janet, I've been married 23 years. How many of you think that might have come up a few times over the last 23 years? Right? How many of us have said stuff or had something and it's just, man, there's something funny about the past that it doesn't seem to stay in the past. Would you agree? And then other times it's not so funny. It's not so funny that it, that it doesn't stay in the past and well, 2018 is coming to a close right now. And I, and I just kind of wonder when you, when you look back on 2018, 2019, thank you very much. Well, at least you're paying attention. I was just, I was making sure you're paying attention, right? But it's coming to a close. And I mean, I think about when you think about like, okay, when we started this year, we started this year and I, I gave you a whole series at the beginning of the year talking about changing our habits and the things we do. And I wonder like if we look back and we review now. Um, what did I want people to say about me at the end of 2019? And does it connect to what they are saying about me at the end of 2019? What, what did I want to be doing at the end of 2019? But what am I doing at the t- end of 2019? And, and, and here's what I want to say to you. As much as that's probably kind of like convicting and kind of, you know, most of us kind of go, uh, and we have that kind of a feeling. Here's what I want to say to you. I think it's probably more tied up in your past that you didn't get to where you are than actually what you did this year. Here's what I mean by that. The voices and the things that you say to yourself in your head define who you are. Somebody looked at you when you were a kid and said, well, you're never going to mount anything. You, you, you had some kind of a big blowout in relationships with your family and there's still a split. So the Christmas holidays, just bring that right back to a head. You, you lost a job years ago that is just still a struggle for you. You, you, you have relationships or job. Like so much of what we're dealing with is our past. And today I'm praying that God's going to help you. Let go a little bit of your past. And understand what God says about you today is not what you say about you based on your past. Does that make sense? And if there's anybody who could kind of understand that struggle, it would be Peter. Now, for those of you, if you don't know your Bible or you don't know the stories of the Bible, Peter is one of the disciples. And Peter's kind of a hothead, right? Like, I completely, completely relate to Peter. Right? Because Peter's just like gonna just, like, Peter's gonna say, you're huge! You know what I mean? Like, Peter's just gonna say it and then go, eh, why did I say that kind of a guy? And there's this scene that I want to read to you and set up for you this story that's, that's the interaction between Peter and Jesus. And, and Peter, uh, and I'm gonna start, um, in, in Luke 22, 6. Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Now let me go back. So Jesus is with the disciples and Jesus is like, um, you know, people are going to deny me. People are going to walk away. And Peter, being Peter and just saying what he thinks and it comes out of his mouth, he's like, not me, God. Not me, bro. I got your back, bro. Me and you, baby. We're good. I, I No way. Not going to happen. I got you, Jesus. No matter what. To the death. Like he just runs his mouth, right? And then this scene It wasn't some big scary soldier. It wasn't some big hairy biker dude. It was a little girl (laughs) that comes and says to him, Hey, were were you with Jesus? And Jesus is going through the trial. It's the beginning of of, of the the end for Jesus. And she comes and she goes, Hey, I, I think I recognize you. Right? Listen to this. Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, 
The rooster crowed. The rooster crowed because Jesus said, Jesus looked at him and said when he was running his mouth, Peter, listen to me. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no way. Not going to happen. And then he does. First, the girl asks him. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And somebody else, yeah, you were with him. I said, no, I don't know what you're talking. You're crazy. And then somebody else, and he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine that moment? Do you remember one time when you got busted and your mama gave you that look? You know what I'm talking about? Like you're doing something and your mom comes around the corner in the kitchen and you're like, like this must have been that times a hundred, right? Denies Jesus. Jesus turns and he looks at Peter and suddenly the Lord's words flash through Peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Mm. Tonight's Jesus three times. It's one thing to deny somebody once. What, I mean, but three times is just this, when you think that through, the, the, the struggle of that reality. Everything that Jesus did for him. Everything that Jesus gave him. And I can't imagine in that moment the weeping, the guilt, the shame, the feeling of uselessness because he's so bold. He's Peter, right? He's, he's Mr. Big and Bad and Bold and I got this. And how many of us have been at that place or maybe are at that place? And the enemy is saying something like probably what he was whispering in, P- in Peter's ear to us, to you. Things like this. Here's what he would say. Your enemy would say this about your past. You're unforgivable. You're unforgivable. You've done too much, or maybe you've not done enough. Whatever it is, you know what you were doing last night. You know what you did last week. You know a few years ago when that thing happened. And you are unforgivable. Guilt. Grill. I, sh- I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have drank and drive. I got that DUI. I stole something from work. I worked so much that now I don't have a relationship with my kids. Like we, we, we all have these things that, that, that are, they're saying to you, this is unforgivable. This is too much. And the enemy loves to whisper that in our ears. Loves to whisper that and say, you know what? You, now you're too far gone. That forgiveness thing is probably for somebody else. And I need you to hear this morning that is the voice of your enemy, not the voice of your father. Number two thing that the enemy likes to say is, you're unlovable. You're unlovable. This is shame. Shame. If they find out who I really am. Like like we sit in church and we're kind of like, we look at certain people, isn't it funny, it's weird how we do this, like we put people on a pedestal. Like we'll look at certain people or certain families and be like, oh my gosh, they're so godly and, God, you know, right? And in our brain we go, man, I, I'm glad they don't know my stuff. Right? Because if they knew me, they maybe they wouldn't love me. I'm unlovable. I, 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 listen to this. Genesis 3 and 7, this is a story of Adam and Eve right after they ate. It says, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So, so, they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Boy, how often do you and I work really hard to cover ourselves? And I don't mean that literally, obviously, right? As much as I mean figuratively. We say church things. We speak in churches, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. But what's inside of us is a feeling of being unlovable because the enemy is is speaking. Number three thing that the enemy likes to say to us, he likes to say you're unforgivable. He likes to say you're unlovable. And he likes to say you're useless. These are the lies that are spoken. And that comes in the form of insecurity. Don't raise your hand, but I wonder how many of us in here... Deal with insecurity if we're really honest. 
Matter of fact, I'd probably say every single one of us. To some aspect, the enemy has whispered in your ear and said, ah, you're, you're useless. You're, you're not as important as those other people. Because those other people, they got gifts and they got abilities. You know, that's, that's really cool that Ryan, you know, he, he got ejected out of a car. He's totally cool. And, but I can't play guitar and sing like Ryan. Right? Or I, I can't get up and preach like Pastor Mike. Or I can't do... And we do this comparison thing. And the, and the, and the, and the enemy just says these things. You're unforgivable. You're unlovable. You're useless. But I need to say this to you this morning. And this is so important for you to catch. If you can't let go of your past, you can't take hold of your future. If you can't let go of your past, you cannot take hold of your future. You know why? Because your hands are full. How can you pick up something when your hands are already full? You can't. And so the more we carry around, the more we carry around the past and the baggage, and the more we participate with the enemy as he whispers this, you're unforgivable, you're unlovable, you're useless, and we carry that around, we can't take on what it is that God has for us to take on. You cannot take hold of your future unless you let go of your past. Jesus came, and it's interesting because there's there's this pause. So Jesus goes off and he goes to trial, he dies, he's buried, he's resurrected, right? He comes back to the disciples. But here's what I want you to catch. Go back and look at the scripture. There is no verbal communication between Jesus and Peter. There's, there's no recorded kind of communication until this one morning that we're going to talk about. But he appears to the disciples, but it doesn't say anything. So I wonder, I wonder the first time Jesus showed up, you know, he like comes popping through the wall. Whoop, hey, I'm here. How you guys doing? I wonder how bold, think this through. I wonder how bold Peter was. Because he was still dealing with his past. He was still dealing with the fact that he had denied Jesus. So I have this picture of Peter kind of standing over here behind John. Kind of like, okay, yeah, that's Jesus. And maybe I don't want him to notice me. Right? There comes a day where there's the actual interaction. It's the first interaction that the Bible has between Jesus and Peter. And here's what I want you to catch this morning. I want you to understand that the way Jesus deals with Peter and responds to Peter is the way that Jesus deals with you and me and responds to you and me. Here's the scene. They're out fishing. Right? Jesus comes on the shore. They don't recognize him. Okay, at first. And they've been fishing all day, not catching anything. And Jesus says, cast your nets out on the, on the side. Right? And so they throw their nets out and it's full. And it's about that time they're pulling the nets in that Peter goes, oh, that's, that's Jesus. It rec- recognizes him. And Peter doesn't walk on water this time. But he dives in the water, does his best Michael Phelps. Right? And gets to the shore. And can you imagine the awkwardness of that moment? Because Peter is stoked and scared to death. Right? He's like, Jesus! Uh, and it's amazing to see the way that Jesus deals with him. Because there's, there's no, we don't have any words that were said. It says that they went over and they sat down and they had breakfast. Was that the longest breakfast of Peter's life? Is they were just eating? What's going through his head? What's Jesus going to think? What is he thinking? What is he going to say to me? I failed him. I've done so much wrong. And so many people, it's amazing when I invite people to come to church. And how many people will be like, I can't go to church. Well, I walk through the doors, the walls are going to cave in. That's Peter's thought process. Are you following me? Right? That's, that's, that's Peter's thought process of, I'm a failure. But here it comes. John 21.15, it starts with this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, catch this, Simon, son of John. Now, he didn't call him Simon. He didn't call him Peter. He called him Simon, son of John. And I just have this picture that it's kind of like when my mama went, Edwin Michael Matheny. Yes, ma'am. You know, remember that feeling? You know when mama uses your whole name? You know what I'm talking about? 
right? Like it ain't time to play. It's time to, well, you might need to run if the belt or the switch is coming, but do you understand what I'm saying? That feeling, right? And I think it's kind of crazy because I can only imagine what Peter's thinking in that moment. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. And in those few seconds before he says the next words, I can imagine he's going, oh, here he goes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Why'd you do that? How come you denied me? Can't believe that you denied me. Can't believe you walked away, Peter. Come on, Mr. Peter. You were so big and bad running your mouth. How... No, Jesus doesn't say any of that. But you got to think that that's what Peter thinks the interaction is going to be like. And Jesus says this. Do you love me? What a weird moment. What a weird moment. And I think Jesus is saying that to you this morning. Because you got a past and you got stuff and you got all these things that you're frustrated with. You've got feelings of unforgiveness and you're unlovable and you're useless. And so many people think that when they come to Jesus, it's going to be like, you shouldn't have done this and you shouldn't have done that. I can't believe you. And this and that. And you were on the internet looking at that pornography and your blood and you stole from work. And you... No, Jesus' response is this. Do you love me? Peter says, check this out. After breakfast, Simon says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. You're God. You, you know I love you. you. You already know that. You can see inside of my heart. I, I, I know that you know that I love you. But what I'm worried about is what you think of me. What, what I'm worried about is, are you going to zap me now? <laughs> Jesus says, then feed my lambs. He says, then do the work that I've called you to do. And it's almost as if he needs to nail it home with him. Because he goes like this again. Jesus told him, Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John. When he heard his whole name that time, I bet he heard it differently. Are you following me? Simon, son of John. And it's a little less, right, of a struggle and more like, yes. And he goes, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Then do what I have called you to do. And then he does something that is so hurtful and so healthy all at the same time. A third time. How many times did Peter deny him? He's making a point here. Right? He's referring to something without hammering. Right? He's, he's bringing some conviction, but he's not hammering about Peter. A, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Do you see that? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. You know why he was hurt? Not because he didn't think that Jesus was getting it, but because it reminded him of his denial. It reminded him of his past. It made him think of, okay, in my relationship with Jesus, I've got a relationship with Jesus and I've got a past. And Jesus is trying to get him to say, listen to me, listen to me. I want to do relationship with you right where you are. Do you love me? Then do what I've called you to do. Walk away from all that stuff. You're not useless. You're not unlovable. You're not unforgivable. I have a calling that I mean for you to do. Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him a third time and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. See, the problem is, if we, like I said, the problem being if you, if you don't let go of your past, you can't take a hold of your future. But the good news is this. Although you can't change your past, God can change your future. 
See, the, the only thing that it takes for 2020 to be the best year you've had yet is for you to turn away from the messages of unforgiveness and unlovable and useless and turn to God. What is it that you want me to do? Because so many of us are walking around. We're trying to deal with the past and trying to deal with the past and trying to deal with the past. And it is, I I titled the message, the rearview mirror. I mean, try to drive home today with only using your rearview mirror. You can't get to where you need to go. You can't be who you're called to be. And what I need you to hear this morning is I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you, where you've been. Here's what Jesus would say this morning. Do you love me? And if your answer is, yes, God, I, I love you. Then his next response is, then just do what I've called you to do. I, 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 I don't, we don't need to talk about this stuff. You know what had happened? Jesus had died, had just died on the cross when he appears to Jesus. I mean, when he appears to Peter. He had just died on the cross. He's like, bro, I just took care of all that. That's why I died and, and, and came back to life. Is I just took care of all that. All that's gone. All that's forgiven. So, hey, how about we move forward? Instead of constantly looking back. Well, let me talk to you a little bit. And, I, and I'm going to use this to talk to you about how do we let go of our past? Because for some of you, I get it. Listen. Some of you got some some painful stuff. It's very real. It's very, very real. I know I've got some painful stuff in my family. I've got some things that every once in a while, I let the enemy bring it back up in me. And and create this battle inside of me of, pastor, you're not a pastor. If half those people knew what you were like when you lived in a fraternity, they wouldn't even come to the church. Are you crazy? I mean, anybody ever have those kind of thoughts? Or is it just me? Those are that, that thought of like, I'm not good enough. I don't stack up. Come on, men. We struggle so hard feeling like, I don't know how to be a dad. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing in this marriage thing. I'm just kind of, I feel like a little boy trying to play man half the time. I, I didn't have a dad to show me how to do this or that. And so many ladies, I mean, anybody get a manual with your kid? Because we missed out on that day. Right? And the enemy loves to whisper in your ear, you, and point a finger at you. And say, you, you're useless, and you're unlovable, and you're, you're unforgivable. Can't believe that you would think that you could be a follower of Jesus. Because this and that, and blah. And that is the enemy of your soul. And I need you to hear the interaction that Jesus wants to have with you is so different than I think what most people picture. Because they picture judgment. Do you hear me? They picture that that God's going to go, yeah, well, this and this. You You broke like the fourth commandment like 15 times last week. And that is not the response of Jesus to Peter. And I don't believe that's the response of Jesus to you. I think his response is, do you love me? Will you love me? And when we go, yeah, God, I, I, I kind of stink, God. I'm, I'm not the greatest person. Like, God, do you know what I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, you, you knew what I was thinking yesterday. Yeah. But as best as I know how, God, I'm, I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to love you. I'm, I love you. And he goes, then, then do my work. Then fulfill your calling. Then do the ministry that I have given for you to do. And that's why we do Life Steps. The whole idea of Life Steps for you to come next week is for us to kind of get you on a path of figuring out what is it that you're called to do? What is your personality type? What are your spiritual gifts? How does that work for us to say, you know what? I can either sit over here and wallow in my past with the enemy. And you can tell me all kinds of crazy things about how unlovable and unforgivable I am. And you know what I'm going to do over there? Over there, I'm going to medicate. Come on. I'm going to medicate myself to try to feel better because I feel unlovable and I feel useless and I don't feel very forgiven. And so whether it's a bottle or shopping or chocolate, whether it's sex or drugs or whatever, 
that we medicate ourselves with and make ourselves feel better because we're listening to the lies of the enemy and listening to this false narrative that is not who God says you are. Because on this day, you need to understand, God is not sitting up there with the list of everything you've done wrong going, psh, psh, this one. And yet so many people, I think, have that picture. So many people have that picture of just, eh, well, you know, God probably, I mean, you know, he could probably use other people. I don't, I don't think he could use me. I mean, I see, you know, I see him, I see him being used. Pastor Mike, you know, is, you know, Pastor Mike must like have this like amazing prayer time with God and just like must walk around and angels sing in his house and stuff. Let me tell you who Mike Matheny is. I can't tell you some of the worst because it's inappropriate. There was a time where I hung a guy off of our fraternity second story by his throat just because he made me mad. That's who Mike Matheny is, really, without Jesus. And every single person in this room and everyone who might listen to this video online, we are nothing. You know that message? That message is true. We are useless and unforgivable and unlovable without Jesus. But your creator did not create you for nothing. He created you on purpose and there is nothing, listen to me, nothing that you will ever do or say that will change the reality that he has a calling on your life. Our God is so good. Our God is so amazing. He will take the junk. He will take the mess and make it ministry. He will turn all of that stuff that you have done or said and the enemy loves to bring up to you and he'll go, no, 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 no. That is not who you are. This is who you are. You now, because you have submitted your life to Jesus, you are a child of the king. You speak life to the nations. You are my plan to change the world. And that voice comes back. M me? No. You must be talking about somebody else. Me? No, I... No, I'm... I'm, I'm unforgivable. And I'm unlovable. And, and I'm useless. And here's what we have to do. Number one, you have to close the door to your past. You have to close the door to your past. And I know that's easier said than done. But here's how it works. It's just as simple as this. It's accepting that God's grace is bigger than your sins. God's grace is bigger than all of your sins. God's grace. It's why for years and years the song has been sung. Amazing grace. Right? Grace is a crazy word. And it's a crazy thing in relationship. Mercy. Mercy means. That I don't get. What I deserve. Right? I deserve something. Right? And, 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 and mercy is given to me. Right? So, uh, you know, somebody go before the judge and he'll have mercy on them and give them a lesser sentence or dismiss the charges or that's mercy. Grace, grace is different. Listen, grace is I get something that I don't deserve. That's what God says about you. No, I have things for you. And yeah, you don't deserve them. I know that. I, I, I know. I know what he's saying over there. Right? I, I know the, what, what's being whispered in your ear. I know what you have been listening to and playing over and over in your head for years and over and over and over. So much so now that it's kind of normal in your hearing. But I need you to understand my grace. I don't give you my love and the calling on your life because of what you did. I give you my love and the calling on your life because I choose to. Above and beyond. That's grace. 
His grace is bigger than any and all sin. He knows. He knows your past. He knows what you've done, left undone, said and left unsaid. I take that from the liturgy of the Episcopal Church. In the confession of sins when I was growing up. When you read it, it says, God forgive us of things we've done, left undone, said and left unsaid. And he knows them all. He knows them all. And it's amazing. His interaction with Peter reminds us of his interaction with us. Did he go, okay, Peter, you sorry little... Go ahead, beg me for forgiveness. Is that what he did? No. He didn't remind Peter, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to forgive you, but let's go through the list one more time so that you remember exactly what happened here. It's not, it's not what he does. What he simply does is he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Christina was in a head-on accident not long ago. And when I got the phone call, um, you know, your, your first reaction as a dad is just kind of like, oh my, are you serious right now? Like, do you have eyes in your head? Like, you know, cause right. But listen, listen, when I pulled up to the scene and I saw my little girl's truck all smashed up, it was a lot different. You know what I'm saying? I went over and I'm like, baby, are you okay? And she's like, daddy. And she was like, daddy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she was in that moment. It was this, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so, and in that moment, I think she felt what you and I feel. When in our relationship with God, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I stink and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going to come to church and I'm not going to take communion today because I'm not worthy. Right? And, and, I, and, I, and I, I remember very vividly, I wasn't worried about a truck. I wasn't worried about anything. I hugged her and I said, That's, it's okay, baby. It's okay. I got you. Daddy's got you. Why? Because she's mine. That's, that's my kid. And you need to know your heavenly father looks just like that at you. That he's not pointing his finger and asking you to beg for forgiveness. But his arms are wide open. Wide open. He says, you're mine. Do do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, God, I love you. Come here. You're mine. Do the work that I've called you to do. And today, for some of you, I believe God's going to help you see it just a little bit differently. Your standing with God, listen to me, your standing with God is determined by relationship, not rules. Your standing with God is determined by relationship, not rules. I had this amazing conversation the other night, rode along with one of our police officers who's Catholic, her background is Catholic. So we were talking about the difference between kind of all the ceremonial things. And I told her, I grew up being an acolyte, right? And we did the incense. You ever been there? The incense, that stuff stinks. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The, the incense and we did, I was an acolyte. We did all the, and you do all the, and you do all the right at the right time. You, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Trust me, there's churches like that. And sometimes we can get in a situation like that. Where it's about the rules. It's about doing all the right things. Right? It's all works based. It's what I can do. And what I need you to hear is while those things are great for us to help us in a relationship, it is all about the relationship. There is nothing that you can do to fix your past. Nothing. You you can say, I'm sorry to people. But you can't forget the sin. You can't forgive the sin. It is only God who can deal with your past. And here's how he responds to you. Here's how you close the door. You just simply hear the words, do you love me? And you respond. Yes, God, I love you. And then he says, now do the work that I've called you to do. Fulfill the calling that I have on your life. Move 
forward from this place and understand that there is more that I have for you to do. But, but Pastor, you don't understand. I, I've been a terrible husband. Well, welcome to the club. Come on, somebody. I've lived a lie. Like there's lies right now that I haven't come clean on. I had an abortion a long time ago. Nobody knows about it. I lost everything financially. Or I failed in such a way that, man, I would never want anybody to know. I put on a good face. But as a parent, I feel like a complete failure. But you understand, I walked away from God. I used to be really involved in the church. And I walked away from God. What I've done with my physical self is I, I, I've let myself go and I really struggle looking in the mirror because I feel bad about myself. So you probably don't, you probably don't understand. And here's what I would say to you. I don't have to understand because do you remember Peter's words? Jesus, you know everything. Jesus knows everything and he's not going to come to you today and say here let's go back through the list comes to you today and says do you love me and all we have to do I love you I, I surrender my life to you I love you and he goes good now let's get to work because I got some great stuff for you to do. That is the relationship that the enemy of your soul is trying to keep you from with the creator of the universe who has created something amazing for you and your family to accomplish. If we will close the door, Galatians 4 and 7, now you no longer a slave but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir you are an heir to the kingdom john 1 and 12 but to all who believe in him and accept him he gave the right to become the children of god they are reborn not with physical birth resulting from human passions or plan but a birth that comes from god what was jesus response to peter's betrayal and denial what did what did jesus do in light of peter's past it's the same response he gives you and me. Do you love me? Do you love me? But, but I need to be a better person. And I need to clean up and straighten up a couple things. And I did. You are, you are not what you've done. You are who God says you are. It's as simple as stepping into that reality. It really is. It's as simple as going, I hear the voices. I know the voices. But those are not God's voices. So I choose. So why do we read our Bible? Because I got to renew my mind. Right? You're a masterpiece created with purpose. You have meaning in your life. Like this is the reason that, that we have to renew our mind. Because we have an enemy whispering these things. You're useless and unlovable and unforgivable. But no, 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 no. That's not who I am. I step into and go. And Jesus just simply says. And so we get up every morning and we have a quiet time. Why do we need to do that? Because we've got to remind ourselves. Not to live over here today. Right? Not, not to live in that, but to live in who God says I am today. And so it's simply us getting up in the morning and opening our Bibles and him going, do you love me? And we go, yep, I love you. Here I am. Talk to me. And he talks to you and he goes, here's we go. Here's what we're going to do today. Here's what I have for you to do today. Here's the calling that I have for you to do today. That's the, the fight. And so here, listen to me next week. Next week, we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. Next Sunday is the opportunity for you to begin some new habits. I've got a book I'm going to give you. I'm going to talk to you next week a little bit about what fasting and, and how to do that and how to do that well. Every morning at 5 a.m., I'm going to get on Facebook and do a live little devotional. Those that want to get up early with me at 5 a.m., I will see you there. It'll be awesome. For those that want to do it later in the day, it'll obviously be there for the rest of the day. Right? But, but here's what I want us to do. I want us to get up and get out of here 
and get into this place of Jesus going, do you love me? Yes, I love you, God. I'm here today. Speak to me. What do you want to do today? Because I'm not living in the past anymore, right? Number two is I'm stepping into my future. I'm stepping into my future. God saves you from your past so that you can step into your future. When, When I get it right, when I look to my past and I don't see failures, I see God's faithfulness. When, when my mind is right, when I'm thinking at it from God's perspective, when I look back, yeah, I see that guy who was a, a jerk. Man, I was a jerk. Man, I was a terrible person. Anybody else feel that way? And you look back at a certain time period of your life and you go, who, who was that wacko? Right? But I choose to step into my future. I choose not to, to, to look at that and go, that is me failing. No, this now is God's faithfulness because of who I am and where I am today. I am not perfect, but come on somebody. Thank God I'm not who I used to be. Amen. And that's what it means to step into your future. That's what it means to look forward. And, and Satan just wants to remind you and push you back to that place. If you choose it, if you choose it, you got to choose it. If you choose it. Your story will not be about failure, but a story of God's victory. Come on, somebody. If you choose it, your story does not have to be a story of failure. It'll be a story of God's victory. We do not have to be held captive by our past, but we are set free for a new future in God. Our success in life is not dependent upon our perfection, but dependent upon Jesus' presence. Catch that? Stop striving to be perfect. Start striving for his presence. He says, do you love me? Yeah, God, I love you. I'm here. I'm in your presence. Talk to me. Speak to me through your word. Holy Spirit, give me understanding and revelation. Your story is not about failure, but about God's victory. Check this out. Philippians 3. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Boy, we can all understand that sentence, right? Anybody here perfect? Raise your hand. Anybody? Yeah. Those people that raise... No, I'm I'm just going to mess with you. Listen to me. This is Paul. This is is Paul. I, I haven't reached perfection, but catch this. But I press on. That's the call today. Press on. Stop listening to those voices that tell you those things because they're not true. That's not who you are. Paul says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first uh, possessed for me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. What does it say? Forgetting the past. I look forward to what lies ahead. You can't do anything about the past. Are you, are you hearing me? You can't change it. It doesn't matter how many times you talk about it or think about it. It's not going to change it. All you're doing is wasting today and whatever it is that God's called you to do today. Because we're looking in the rearview mirror. Right? Forgetting the past, I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us I am not what I have done I am who God says I am Peter failed pretty big would you agree so did Judas two different endings one killed himself one found his calling and fulfillment So Jesus has a question for you today. Do you love me? And if you respond to him today, yeah, I love you. He's like, let's get to work. I got work for you to do in your home, at work, around your neighborhood. But God, no, 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 no. Don't go go back over there. Don't, don't, Don't start with the buts. Everybody, everybody's got a butt. They all stink usually, right? No, no, no. But God, I can't do that. Or but God, listen, 
No, 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 no. I am who you say I am. What is it that you want me to do, God? And I'll step into it trusting by faith that you have the Holy Spirit's empowerment in me to accomplish what you have set out for me to accomplish. Close your eyes for a second. I you to respond to God. Do you love me? Do, do you love me? Let me ask you a third time. For, for all those times that you've blown it, for those times that you've denied me, for that time that you walked away for a while, let me ask you the third time. Do you love me? Then fulfill the calling that I have on your life. And let's move forward from this point. Making 2020 the most you've ever been connected to God. And the most productive for His kingdom. Amen. We do that. Are you in? Yeah. I'm going to have the prayer team come. Prayer team, you guys can come on down. But I want to give a call because I want you to have the opportunity to come pray with somebody if you want to pray with somebody today. I'm going to give you a challenge too because this is the last day before we start a new year. So some of you, you may need to come down here without somebody. Just you and your spouse pray together and say we're going to do 2020 a little bit different. Or maybe with your whole family. Or maybe you need to come up yourself and just pray or pray with somebody. But I want to give you two specific calls. One is that you would say this I want to let go of my past and take care of hold of my future and so come and and let somebody pray with you about letting go and moving forward or today I want to receive God's forgiveness I want to have a relationship with him and step into my future and so let me just ask you before you go today before you walk away would you respond to God you can respond in prayer and come into the altar we always respond in our giving giving boxes are in the back you can put your tithes and your offerings in the back and your connect cards back there as well but please don't just hear the message today but respond to the message today in whatever way that the holy spirit is speaking to you amen amen i'm gonna pray one last time these guys are gonna sing and i'm gonna let you respond or go if 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 you're gonna go right let's pray real quick Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. As people are already coming now down the aisle, God, thank you, God. Would you help us to respond to you today? Would you help us, God? There's some people here that are hurt. Their past is deep. And the enemy's claws are deep inside of them. Would you help them to let go today and be bold enough to come to your altar? Let go of the past and step into their future today. For those that are struggling right now with maybe letting their life go and surrendering to God for the first time, would you give them courage to do that today? Ask it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Would you respond today to God either by coming to the altar, in your giving, or in the way that you go and live out what God has called you to do? Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys next week.